As a, as a teacher, I tend to talk louder than the average person. Loud. How, how loud? How many decibels is the average person? Well, I don't know. Mm. Just About seven. five less than Steve. Welcome to the Piney Pastors Podcast, the elders meeting after show where we hang out to discuss theology and issues relevant to covenant members at Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri. It's like a Bible study, covenant members gathering, elders hangout, and talk show all wrapped up into one. And it's all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So grab another cup of coffee and let's get started. Welcome to another Piney Pastors Podcast. I'm Steve Hopped, along with my friends Nathan Smith and Jason Myers. That's us. Mm-hmm. And um, today we are going to address the topic of family worship. So let's start by just what what do you think of what what do you have in mind, Jason, when you think family worship? I do not think it means you worship the family. I think it means... <laughs> so, uh, just since you said that, yeah. in my family, we sing sometimes. I make up silly songs. So at some point in the last 18 years, no, I didn't start leading family worship. 16 years, let's say. I came up with a little song. Let's hear it. Family worship, family worship, family worship time. We worship God, we don't worship the family, and family worship time. I dig it. That's it. Just, you know, in case my kids were ever confused, I wanted to make sure. That was like our our call to family worship when they were little. So, welcome to another... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. Perfect. Yes, it it is the time where the family is gathered to uh, be worshiping or at least called to worship God. Um, I think it, it's, um, it's, it's something that I did not grow up having that phrase. Um, it was we had family devotions sometimes. Right. Um, yeah. And um, it was fairly new to me before, uh, I guess it was when I, Lindsay and I were engaged. Um, and so when we first... Um, even before we got married, but when we first got married, we started doing family worship and um, with young, really young babies, toddlers, and um, by reading scripture, by praying, sometimes by singing, sometimes by reading other Christian books and that were biblical and talking about them together. And it has ebbed and flowed and changed over the years as we've had more kids and as they've um, been at different ages, and so yeah, it's it's something really simple. I think just seeking to worship God through His Word, through prayer, uh, and sometimes through song together. I have this image of Jason leading family worship with Ethan as a little baby in diapers, <laughs> sitting Sit up, there. Son, pay attention. And, I, I, yeah. and Jason's giving this <laughs> forty-five minute sermon on you know very. Very erudite. Well, very I tried to make it interactive, but he couldn't even talk yet. So I know. I don't. <laughs> so you just got to preach. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. We. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay will tell stories of when we first started family worship before we had any kids, and um, I think I started off a little too um, rigid, or maybe not rigid is the word. Uh, 
It, it was. Uh, I unco- can't imagine. No, it was <laughs> uncomfortable uh, <laughs> the, because it was so set and solemn and for it wasn't very was conversational. For? Uh, mainly for, Just her, for her, I think. Yeah, I, I was fine with it. <laughs> so Whatever. Why are you preaching at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we changed it quickly. Um, but I think that there are other uh, other families probably maybe add other things or um, do things in a different order or in a different way, use different resources. But I think generally the, the simplest way to say it is um, that we gather together to worship God as a family. To worship God, word. To try to put a focus... For mm-hmm. the family on 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 God and His Word, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You have anything to add to that, Nathan? Um, no, no, not to that. Okay, so um, Wait, another song, perhaps. <laughs> no, please. What, what's your closing song for family worship? Mm, uh, it varies. One. Okay. It varies. Celebrate good times. Come on. Family worship is over. Our family worship time usually closes with one of my kids saying, are we done yet? Are we done yet? (laughs) And then I say, I'll let you know when we're done. (laughs) Okay, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So uh, what's a a biblical basis for doing family worship? Why, Why... is family worship something that we not only do in our homes, but also something that we encourage the, the families in our church to mm-hmm. to do? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good question, because um, <clears throat> some might argue that family worship is not... It's not commanded in Scripture. If you look, if you search, and I don't think in any English translation uh, you will find... If you search for family worship, I don't think you'll find no. it in any English translation. So some might argue that it's not commanded um, and not, and therefore not something that we need to be concerned about doing. But um, I actually just pulled up a document called A Brief History. Oh, it's an article, A Brief History of Biblical Family Worship by a guy named Kerry Patachik, I guess. It's like Ray Pahachek, only... Carrie yeah, Patachek. With, a, with an extra, with extra a, T in With there. a C, um, But This was in the Ligonier <coughs> Table Talk magazine back in 1997. Um, and he talks about biblical history just briefly. He talks first about Abraham, um, that God uh, commanded, intended for, God, for Abraham to lead his whole household um, in Genesis 18, he says, For I have known him, speaking of Abraham, uh, God. this is God speaking, talking about Abraham, he says, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Um, <clears throat> so God intends for Abraham not just to worship him himself, not just to obey him himself, but to lead his family to do that as well. Um, Genesis, uh, later on in Genesis, we see Jacob leading his family um, in worship. And then, I think more clearly, when you get to the giving of the law, Mm -hmm. that uh, God commands all the Israelites, all the the men specifically, but 
think we can apply that to all parents to be leading their children, teaching their children to walk in the ways of the Lord, doing that with you know, Deuteronomy 6 is the most probably well-known and clear mm-hmm. passage about teaching the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord, diligently to their children, whether sitting down in their house, walking around, right. whatever. Um, <clears throat> well, and individually, all these things are commanded in Scripture, like uh, the fact of um, treasuring God's word, um, teaching it to your children, um, reading it and seeking God in it. Um, daily prayers, um, regularly praying without ceasing, um, and whatever you're doing, glor- seek to glorify God, whether you mm-hmm. eat or drink, whatever you do. There's always, there's passages about worshiping God, praying to God, um, being His Word, teaching your, uh, His Word to your kids and to the next generation and so forth, and um, all those individually are talked about in general, and there's examples of, as you said, uh, of it happening throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maybe one of the one of the questions I would ask somebody if they would say, "Well, if it doesn't explicitly say you have to do family worship every day, why would you do it, um, or why would you tell other people that they should be doing it?" Um, I think the issue is, don't we want to worship God? Mm-hmm. Don't we want our families to worship Him? Amen. Yes. Like that. This whether or not it is a uh, we have a a text that says do this. Our hearts should desire to worship Him and lead our families to worship Him, and um, so I, I see uh, only benefit in in pursuing it. Yeah, but sure. it, but there is a a kind of um, and maybe you're going to get here, Steve. But um, I don't think any of us would say that we have ever done it perfectly or that even done it consistently every day um, without fail. But that um, we don't feel like in doing so that we have committed a sin in, um, by disobeying a certain passage, because every day you have to do this or else, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is something we strive after because it's good. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, if you're in a small group, like in our church, we have piney families, you may probably wouldn't do it on the night that your piney family meets. Perhaps your mm-hmm. piney family does a little uh, family worship time for all the kids. And uh, yeah, your rhythm of your family is going to be such that um, you you may schedule certain nights of the week, and I think that I think it's a good target. If you're not doing it, I think it's a good target to say, let's see if we can get this done two nights out of the week, mm-hmm. and and actually schedule them, put them on the calendar. Um, when I say put it on the calendar, I think it means something different for me than it does for a lot of younger people, because I'm not thinking of a phone. <laughs> thinking of. An actual calendar, yeah. physical yeah. paper, yeah. pieces of paper. Yeah, with they little, still make those. They do stapled together. Yeah, yeah, we have. But one. but I think it's a it's a good plan, and and so while maybe every day would be a a really good you know, and if if everything was perfect, maybe in eternity we'll have family worship every day. I don't know, but. Um, you know, I think I think to have a regularly scheduled time. That mm-hmm. we are that that husband and mom and dad, husband and wife are in agreement. The kids know that these are these are the nights we're going to do it, and so there's an expectation there, and mm-hmm. it, it's also there's also I think an accountability, mm-hmm. like you said, Jason. If something comes up, grandma and grandpa come over for a surprise visit, and it gets late, and the kids are tired. It's not a sin that you didn't uh, do it that night, but yeah. uh, but I think it's a really good plan. What um, I think 
I want to pose this in the form of a question, I guess. Um, what was the, what has been in your minds the, the, the habit of, of many families in churches that they haven't had family worship, that they haven't been mm-hmm. teaching their kids from the Bible? What, why not? Why, why do you think people are not doing that on a regular basis? I don't think they're doing nothing meaning something else will fill that time. And so, yeah, so it's, I think it's for um, maybe younger kids. It can be a, a parents with younger kids. It's, well, we just want to get them to bed. Uh, we're tired. We need our, our time. Or, you know, we need a rest or whatever. And need we'll, to watch the office. <laughs> right. Um, all, all that's good and fine, um, but we need to prioritize and value. Other times it's, mm-hmm. Maybe your kids just don't want to do it, and so you're like, I don't want to keep pushing it on them. Maybe you especially think, if it's new. Yeah, know. if you start when I your know kids that, are uh, older. Yeah. There've been a number of people who came to Piney Ridge, and we talk about family worship. And they're like, I've never heard about this before, but it sounds great. I'm going to try it, and then maybe the kids are older. There's and, resistance. Yeah, and it's it's new. It's the time when maybe the kids were normally would be out playing or whatever, and so it's yeah. There's some resistance to it. Yeah. So and and they just. Uh, it's it's too hard, or maybe they feel like it's going to be a detriment to their kids because they're pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. Um, or maybe their kids are older, um, teenagers. Maybe they have jobs, or they're hanging out with their friends, and then they say, "Well, we, we couldn't do it because they're out." And, um, and all that, you know, there are stages of life where it gets more challenging. I know. Um, go ahead. And, and I think uh, another one I, that I know that Christian families in my generation, but I think it's still true today, have said, well, the church will educate mm, my mm-hmm. children about God and about the Bible, and that's their job. Yeah. And um, well, and, and, and to be fair to those families, many churches have basically given that message to these families. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll handle it. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll do it. Yeah. And haven't challenged parents to do what they ought to do and encouraged them and equipped them to do what they ought to do. Maybe haven't modeled it for them, and so that's partly what we want to do as you're talking, like in our piney families, uh, most of our piney families do some kind of family worship time, um, and it's partly to in- model that and to encourage it. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's it's a it's not it, it's both and. It's the I think the church has had some failure maybe and mm-hmm. not encouraging, exhorting, equipping. Yeah, yeah. And to be clear, the Bible says that it is the job of the parents. Yes. That the number one primary responsibility for bringing our kids up in a knowledge of the Lord falls on the, the yeah. parents. And, and so we want to encourage the parents in our church, and even if you're listening, you're not in our church. We want to encourage you to uh, take, that, take ownership of that responsibility, that it is, it is your job to... Uh, teach your kids from the Word of God to point your kids constantly to Christ and to be educating them. But I would say even primarily, the Bible gives that responsibility to fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think exclusively in the sense that uh, mothers can't or shouldn't, but that if you're a dad and you're listening, you should be... Uh, you don't have to be a scholar, you don't have to be... Um, you know, I, I, I steeped in all the theological traditions and know all the answers, but you can just be um, 
a leader still, the lead learner of saying, I'm going to start mm-hmm. and I'm going to start where I'm at. And if your wife is um, strong and godly and re- really knowledgeable and mature, well, then utilize that, and uh, but still step up and lead and do what you uh, God has called you to do. Um, and if you are a, a wife and mother whose husband doesn't and won't, um, maybe isn't around or um, isn't a believer or whatever, then yes, you still, as a, as a mom, are called to do it, so you need to lead your children and do so. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we were <clears throat> saying that um, leading family worship is not directly commanded, but um, Ephesians 6.4 does specifically, uh, we've kind of alluded to that passage yeah. a few times, but it's addressed to fathers, and it says, fathers, bring up your children in the training and admonition of the Lord. And so that if you're not doing that in some way, then you are being disobedient. Yeah, whether you um, call it family worship, right. whether you do it in the morning, the evening, you are called right. to teach them the Word of and God. And I think that one uh, one reason maybe why people don't have, and I would say most often it's an excuse for not having a formal time of mm-hmm. of worship, whether you call it devotions or family worship, um, some people would, would say, well... No, we don't do that because it's hard with our schedules, um, or my kids just awkward, or my kids are some of them are young and they're just distracting, or whatever the reasons might be. So they say we don't do that where we sit down and read the Bible and pray together. But just you know, as we're going throughout the day, we try to talk about Scripture, or if there's something that we're going to pray about, then we pray about it. And so I think that that is fulfilling that command, and um, and that may be legitimate. Um, for some people, that doesn't, though, mean that there's uh, no value in having a more structured time of uh, and focused time of family worship. And I think one of the one of the ways that it's helpful is that it teaches our kids that God is worthy of being worshipped. Yeah, He's worthy of us taking time to sit down to open up His Word. Um, to focus solely on him that right he hears now. our prayers, that yeah. his word is true and our very life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and Jacob, or not Jacob, uh, Daniel, when he was in Babylon, I doubt that he only prayed three times a day. Mm-hmm. But three times a day, he had a formal time where he would sit and yeah. he would kneel towards Jerusalem and pray, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. a catalyst for the other times yeah. for th- throughout you know all day when we're being prayerfully minded. Where when things come up and you're walking along the road and you want to teach your kids about something, great. The formal times, the set times, make sure that you pour into it, and it's kind of like fuel for the fire of all those other times. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's fuel for the fire of Sunday mornings. It helps your kids prepare and you to prepare to worship Him together with His people. Yeah, And can even be a valuable training time to help kids learn to sit still yeah. and, and listen. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. You know, you, you said a moment ago, Nathan, that... It's important to teach our kids that it's that God is worthy of of that time. Parents, I'm I'm talking directly to you. Sometimes you need to teach yourselves that. Yeah. And and the discipline of having family worship mm-hmm. is to teach yourself that God is worthy of this time of of my family being together and reading scripture and and singing and praying. What whatever it is you do, maybe you're reading from a, a a children's Bible or a, or a children's book, maybe you're doing a catechism, but but however you're you're structuring this time, uh, we need to have our own hearts as parents 
to be mm-hmm. uh, disciplined and uh, attuned to worship of God because He is worthy. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that um, <clears throat> this could probably be another podcast just about what worship is, um, but I think it's helpful and important to remember for family worship times, also for corporate worship for parents, especially if your kids are younger, or maybe if you have teenagers and they're resistant, that your um, your worship in that time and leading your family in that <clears throat> is probably not going to feel like... You might not have the feelings that you normally would associate with worship. Of, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more peace. I'm getting more joy. Um, that Those are, I think, some of the primary emotions that we people associate with worship. Um, but Paul says in Romans 12, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice um, to the Lord, that this is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. And um, so sacrificing our our time to lead our families, sacrificing um, our uh, <laughs> responses of anger and frustration to lead them patiently, um, you know, on Sunday morning or or during times of family worship. Maybe one parent, if you have smaller kids, is really their their worship in that time is going to be helping a little one to sit on your lap and be still mm-hmm. and giving them the discipline they need. That's worshipful. You're right. leading your family in worship as you do that, and uh, same is true for Sunday mornings. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I think it can because we associate certain feelings with worship we can feel like if, if we're not having those feelings, then this isn't actually worshipful, and therefore it's not valuable, so why continue pressing on to do it? Um, but we need to have a more broad and biblical view of what worship actually is, I think. Amen. Yep. Well, let's just talk about some of the practicalities real quickly. Um, what about... What about families? Believe it or not, there are families in our church that have children that range from like under a year to, to 19. That is insane. I know. Who would do that? But what, uh, what are some just maybe words of advice that you would give to families that have a rather large uh, age range in their home for doing family worship? Well, since... I don't have that uh, big of a range. I will just let my comments be few and say that I have from six, almost seven-year-old, all the way to 14, and um, we vary it. Um, And sometimes if we realize we're having conversations that the six-year-old doesn't really understand much, I will direct questions to her. Yeah. Although... Although... I... I think sometimes we underestimate what these six-year-olds oh, sure. can uh, absorb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sh- and she wants to be included. If I ask the older uh, ones a question, she'll say, "Daddy, what about me? You going to ask me a question?" And I I try to make it appropriate for her to where it's uh, something that she can grasp and answer. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, but it also helps with her is that we are um, in the morning. We are um, giving her some of the more Bible basics of going through different stories of the Bible and teaching her catechism stuff. So then at night when we have some questions, when we're doing that, it's easier for her to connect because she, she knows that story. She knows that person. She understands that term. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, sometimes it takes some extra effort, but we vary it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, 
you know, there are different stages of, of learning and development. And so just having some awareness and probably this is a broad generalization, but I think, um, typically moms are going to have a better understanding of how to communicate things to especially younger kids than dads are. So I think this is where, um, if a father is trying to lead his family in worship, um, that he should be humble and ask for some feedback from his wife and say, you know, as I, uh, as I expound upon Reformation theology to our four-year-old, honey, is that really connecting or are there things I could yeah. do to improve this? And <clears throat> she might say, well, yeah, why don't you ask these kinds of mm-hmm. questions? And I think for the younger kids, asking kind of, um, uh, I can, you could call it the grammar kind of questions, just read something and then ask them to regurgitate back, you know, um, in the story, who did, who is the main character or what did, what did David do or, right. you know, just kind of content based when they're, right. when they're younger and that but that helps them to have like Jason was saying with Audrey that um that kind of um joy and being able to participate and uh and also helps to train them for when they get old it's just natural we have conversations about scripture so exactly um yeah and <clears throat> so we do the, kind of the same things as Jason in just varying what we do um so <clears throat> we are one of those weird families that has children from nine months to 19. Well, actually, he's older than nine months now, but anyway, um, to 19 years. But we've done, we did a catechism book. It was on the Westminster Catechism. I always mix up the titles, like Teaching... Teaching Hearts, Training Minds. Or is it Training Minds, Teaching Hearts? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those two. Anyway, goes to the Westminster Catechism. We did that for... A long time, a number of years. Uh, we usually do something different for Advent. We'll have an Advent focus for our family worship times. Um, but then we got done with that and um, realized, you know, this is, it's, some of it's fairly advanced, heady kind of stuff. And said, I think it would be helpful for Gabriel, who's eight now. He was probably six when we decided to do this. Uh, but we're going to read through the children's storybook Bible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And um, just, uh, and then I would try to ask questions that would connect with him, but also for the older kids, since yes. the, just the reading of it was more connecting for him, mm-hmm. would try to, to help lead in that way. By the, the way, officially, kids. it's training hearts, teaching Training minds. hearts. We're training hearts and teaching minds. Yep. And then she has comforting hearts, teaching yes, minds. Yes, and that's the Heidelberg, Heidelberg, which is actually what we're using right now. Okay. Well, while we're on that topic, I'm going to ask... Professor Myers, our pastor with oversight of documents, mm-hmm. is there somewhere that people in Piney Ridge Church could access a list of references or uh, just, just things that, that could help them find literature? No. Okay. I'm sure there is somewhere in the world, on yeah. the World Wide Web. So we actually, um, in our Piney Post, every month... What? We- in our Piney Post. Every month. month. Every month. Every month. Wow. Lord willing, 
We put um, anywhere between one to three resources for parents and resources or was the word I was looking for. Yes. A while ago. Um, so some of those are family worship resources, whether they be articles, books, um, or children's Bibles. Um, and so we have a um, you know just a bunch of things we put in there every month. Uh, so said, since we have those archived, we have a veritable plethora. That's true. Of we resources. did. Yes. So you could mm-hmm. go back and look. Go to our website, and um, and you could go to is it connect? Yeah, the connect button, piney post near the bottom of that, and click on all the piney posts that are on there, and you can go to the um, I think it's under the piney kids section and find uh, a bunch of different resources. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, hey, you know. I just had this brilliant idea. Brilliant. If Let's hear one it. of our tech-minded people in our church wanted to go back and take all those oh, links wow. and put them on one document, our tech-minded we people could with lots put of time that. In hands. We could put that on our website. Yeah, we. Could. If you're just wondering how you could serve the church, also a, a pastor by the name of Jason Myers at PineRidgeChurch.org. If you search for family worship, there is a an article that he put together called "Family Worship with Little Ones." It has some ideas and not resources per se, but ideas. Some that itself would be a resource. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And Helpful if you ever tips. need a resource, feel free to reach out to any of the pastors. Amen. Yep. At any time, day or night. Mm. If that night wow. and it's early morning, <clears throat> Steve's available, and uh, no, we would love to be able to give you resources. I keep forgetting to not turn just, my phone off. Yeah, at night. we're just talking about how older people don't sleep as See? much, yeah. right? You don't need as much sleep. That's right. I'm sleeping a lot recently. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting younger. Um, but yeah, if there's ever um, whether it's a specific issue or just general resources, there are. Uh, hundreds and thousands of good resources that um, we could give you some of those. Yeah. Last words. Either of you have last words you wanted to say about family worship? Uh, just a word of encouragement, exhortation to persevere. Um, because, well, like I said earlier, because God is worthy of being worshipped in our families, and so he's worthy of us persevering through challenges, through um, distractions, through not feeling like it. Um, mm-hmm. it, is, it, takes a, it takes an emotional and spiritual energy to lead in family worship, and um, as a dad, I will confess, and husband, I'll confess that I don't always feel like doing it it's easier to not um and sometimes i want to take the easy road and sometimes i do um but god is worthy of us putting forth that energy and if we don't feel like it at all uh, we should pray that god gives us that desire to to see him be glorified in our families and uh and to have faith that he is working through our faithfulness, through our perseverance, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it feels like mm-hmm. week after week, especially, again, for little ones or teenagers that are might be resistant, um, you, you're probably not seeing the immediate benefits of it. Right. <clears throat> um, but to have faith that God works 
through our faithfulness. He works through his word. He works through prayer. Um, and to uh, trust him to do his work, even when we're not seeing it. Amen. And if you are ever discouraged by apparent failure or just for any reason, um, seek seek help. Seek uh, someone in the church, a friend, uh, that could be like an accountability for you or an encourager for you. Um, someone that, uh, ask around, find someone who does do family worship on a regular basis and ask them for mm-hmm. advice and help and ask them to pray for you. And, um, yeah, they don't yeah. try to go it alone. Yeah. And I, I guess a couple more things came to mind as you were saying that, that, um, I, if someone were to come to me and ask for help, some things I might say would be one again, <clears throat> um, maybe ask your, if, if your kids do seem to be hating it, Maybe ask your spouse, uh, is there a way that we can make this? Um, am I inflicting something upon them unnecessarily, like in the length of it or the content that's just over their heads? Um, because God can still work through, you know, really bad leadership, but we should also strive to yeah. get better at it. Um, so that was that was one thing. Um, and I forgot what the other one was. Oh, it's catching. Yeah, it is. Old age. Steve's rubber. Well, so I th- I I'll think, let you talk. I think that a second thing you could do, if it doesn't seem to be going well, is instead of giving up or giving in, that what you could do is talk to other people who are doing it. Maybe if your dad talked to other dads, say, what do you guys do? What, what resources do you use? How do you do it? And you might learn that uh, from their mistakes or what they're doing well, and say, so, well, and maybe just, you talk to somebody and they say, yeah, okay, well, we, we do it maybe five nights a week. We, as, as, as we try to go every day, but we don't always do it. And um, we go anywhere between seven minutes to 30 minutes, depending mm-hmm. on how the conversation goes, whatever. And someone says, well, my kids are young and I'm trying to preach for an hour at them. Well, maybe don't do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, just, just practical tips, yeah, you can utilize. That's why we do this. We talk about it here on our podcast. We talk about it in Piney Family. We give resources on our Piney Post because we want to encourage and help other people in it because it's it's not always easy. But I think that maybe the best thing you can do is pray and ask God to change the hearts of your kids and change your heart and maybe give you insight on how to best love them and lead them to worship. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, I remembered the, the thing I was going to say, which is um, <clears throat> that it's necessary to plan ahead, to have some sort of plan. If you get to um, the time that you think you're going to have family worship and you don't have something in mind, then you're probably going to go, ah, we're just not going to do it. Um, so for me, that's that's why, one reason why we've used um, the catechism and the books that go with it, because there are short devotional readings that, that I can just use. I can grab the book, even if I have given zero thought to what we're going to do for family worship. Um, which is most days, um, I can grab that book and the Bible and I can lead in family worship. I don't mm-hmm. have to, um, I'm making it as simple for myself as possible. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that is important to plan or you probably, what is the saying? If you fail to plan, you, you plan, plan to fail. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. That's powerful. Put that on a t-shirt. Yes. On those wise words, <laughs> I think we will... Uh, bring it to a conclusion. We're glad that you joined us for this uh, podcast, and we hope you will. We hope it'll be a blessing for the the families that that 
or in our church. Mm-hmm. Amen.